in the world of freedom. Mr. Gorbachev, open this gate. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. Ich bin ein Berliner. This is Radio Goethe Magazine with Arndt Peltner. News and information from the heart of Europe. Hello and welcome to Radio Goethe Magazine. I'm Arndt Peltner. In today's show we revisit the song of the Moorsoldaten. So stay tuned. This piece about the song of the Moorsoldaten, the Piedbock soldiers, has been requested over and over again by listeners. And it is the most downloaded program on RadioGoethe.org. It is even mentioned on some websites describing the background of this world-famous song. Recently I found out that the Emsland Lager, the documentation and information center of the former concentration camp, re-released a CD collection with lots of different versions of this song. You can find them online at diz-emslandlager.de. This is the story of one song. Moorsoldatenlied, or The Peat Box Soldiers, as it is known in the US, was written in 1933 in a concentration camp. By 1945 it had spread through Sachsenhausen, Buchenwald and Auschwitz concentration camps, as well as journeyed all over the world. It is now considered to be one of the greatest anti-fascist and protest songs of the 20th century. as the eye can wander, heath and bog are everywhere. Not a bird sings out to cheer us. Oaks are standing gowned and bare. We are the peat bog soldiers. We are marching with our spades to the bog. Up and down the guards are pacing. No one, no one can go through. Flight would mean a sure death facing. Guns and barbed wire grade our view. But for us, there's no complaining. Winter will in time be past. One day we shall cry rejoicing. Homeland dear, you're mine at last. Then will the peat bog soldiers march no more with spades to the bog. The Moorsoldaten Lied was written in 1933 in Bergamo, one of the first concentration camps which opened just after Hitler came to power in January of that year. The Nazis wanted to use camps such as Bergamo to intimidate the public as well as to eliminate opposition groups such as the Social Democrats and Communists. On February 4, 1933, the German president Paul von Hindenburg signed an order that allowed the government to arrest members of certain groups for the so-called security for the German people. On February 27th, the Reichstag or German parliament building was set on fire. Although a Dutchman, Marinus van der Lubbe, was convicted of the crime, the Nazis promoted the idea that a communist conspiracy was behind it. There was never any proof and later that year, two members of the Communist Party, the KPD, were acquitted in the incident. The 
Just one day after the Reichstag fire, a so-called emergency decree for the security of the people and the state was put into power. It eliminated a number of basic rights for German citizens. For example, it allowed for members of the Communist Party to be arrested in the name of the defense of Germany. In the following weeks, the Nazis undertook a wave of arrests of members of alleged opposition groups. Though detained, none of these people were ever brought to trial. In the first three months of 1933, about 30 security departments were instituted inside police stations and prisons throughout Germany. In addition to that, 70 concentration camps were established around the country. Early on, the camps were under the rule of local authorities. Later, when the horrible industrialized death machines of Sachsenhausen, Dachau, Buchenwald and Auschwitz were initiated, all camps were organized under one central office in Berlin. The first generation of inmates in these camps were communists and other political opponents of the Nazi regime. By the end of summer in 1933, about 26,000 Germans were incarcerated. Most were for political reasons, but priests, Jehovah's Witnesses and some members of Hitler's party, the NSDAP, were also included among the prisoners. Chante dans les arbres secs et creux, aux terres enfin libres, où nous pourrons revivre, aimer, aimer, aimer. Most of the inmates in Bergamo and Emsland, Germany, in 1933 were members of the workers' political parties from the Ruhrgebiet and the Rhineland in the western part of the country. The majority of them were miners, steel workers and laborers. They were branded as traitors by the Nazis and forced to sing nationalist and pro-Nazi songs. When new inmates arrived, others told them that Bergamo was hell and asked them whether or not they had been made to sing yet. Marching to and from forced labor, standing at roll call and on other occasions, the inmates were forced to sing. Communists had to chant the Nazi hymn, the Horst Wessellied. In addition to mandatory singing, together the inmates remembered old songs in the minimal spare time they had with each other. These included Heimatlieder, folk songs and songs of the youth movement in Germany. These songs help preserve a bridge to a life of freedom. Baby, baby, don't look 
From time to time, the camp commander gave permission for Kulturabende or cultural evenings, in which inmates gave speeches, performed small theater acts, and sang songs. In August 1933, Bergamo inmates organized one of these cultural events and called it Zirkus Konzentrazani, a play on words with a German term for concentration camp. It was designed both to amuse the inmates and to build small connections between the guards and the prisoners. But it had a third purpose as well. Between the lines, the content was critical of the prisoners' circumstances. With humor and artistic creativity, inmates described life and the problems in the camp. At the end of the evening, the Moorsoldaten lead, the Pete Box soldier song, was sung for the first time. The Pete Box Soldiers is the first and most famous song composed in the concentration camps of the Third Reich. A prisoner by the name of Wolfgang Langhoff, who later became the director of the German theater in Berlin, asked a miner and workers poet, Johann Esser, to write some lyrics that could be sung by all of the camp's prisoners. Langhoff made it clear that the text could neither be too provocative nor too kitschy. When Esser presented him with the lyrics just a week later, Langhoff gave them to Rudi Gogul, a friend whom he had brought into the Communist Party in 1930. Gogul was a salesman and had never composed a song before, but grew up in a music-loving family. The song wasn't written spontaneously. It was written at a very specific moment as a protest on the part of the resistance fighters against the oppressors. The event that catalyzed it, the night of the Long Lathis, a nighttime attack by the SS on a barrack. It ended with a dozen of seriously and slightly wounded prisoners. In the response of this assault, we had the idea to organize a cultural program to demonstrate our higher moral standings against the brutality of the SS. And I got a request from Langhoff to write the melody for a poem that another inmate, Johannes Esser, had given to him. And that was the Moorsoldatenlied. My comrades were able to fake an injury for me and bring me to the camp hospital. And there at night, I composed the music to accompany the lyrics. After I left the hospital, I found 16 singers from an imprisoned man's choir from Solingen to rehearse the song. They studied it secretly in a bathroom for the cultural evening. The song was the last part and as early as the first line we felt what power it had. War das Lied die letzte Nummer. Und schon bei der ersten Strophe merkten wir, welche Wirkung es ausstrahlte. We can talk about two versions. In addition to these, there are many others. But there are two particular versions that are of interest. One was sung by Ernst Busch, Peter Seger and Paul Robeson. 
of whom served in the Spanish Civil War. Hans Eisler arranged this variation in London. An escaped inmate had gone to London, where he met Eisler and told him about the song. The inmate wasn't very musically inclined, but he tried the best of his ability. Hans Eisler thought he recognized the melody as Horch Kind Horch wie der Sturmwind weht, from the Thirty Year War. This led Eisler to believe that Die Morsaldaten had been written using this well-known melody with new lyrics, much like many other workers' songs. He therefore arranged this known melody at the beginning of the song, as I will now demonstrate. And that's how this particular version of the song was created. This one is not at all identical with the original version. It has a different character. Nevertheless, the refrain is always the same. The original version, as I composed it, sounds a bit different. I did know that other song from the Thirty Year War, but it had nothing to do with our Pete Bogue soldiers. The three tones I wrote in the first measure are deliberately monotone tone in order to portray an image of the heavy march of the prisoners through the Borg. Nos vigila la guardia dura, quien podría escapar? Huir es la muerte segura, si disparan es para matar. Ya no habrá más soldados sufriendo en el pantano, ya no. Gogol had no idea that as a prisoner in the horrible days of 1933 he had written a world-renowned song. The song had outlasted the so-called thousand-year-long Reich. The song had given thousands of tortured, starved and hopeless inmates a little piece of pride. I was arrested once again in 1934 and was an inmate until the end of the war on May 8th in 1945. By this point, I wasn't thinking of this song anymore. It had faded out of my mind, and I hadn't any idea what had happened to it. The first time I encountered it was when I turned on the radio in the evening while staying in Konstanz at the Bodensee. I heard the refrain of the Pete Bogue soldiers as the station identification, and I found out that it was the theme song of the German radio broadcast. After this, friends of mine researched it, and after some years I finally learned what a fantastic journey this song had made throughout the world. The 
The original version of the Piedbock soldiers was circulated illegally in Germany during the Nazi era of the Third Reich. The other one went around the world. The original version, it was in Deutschland selbst. There were two journeys. The original version was sung in Germany, but was forbidden. But how can a song like that spread? You can sing it in the family or with a friend. But the only legal way to sing it was in the concentration camps and in the prisons where people continued to sing it. And in this way, the song traveled from one camp to another, from one prison to the next until the end of the war. The other version took a totally different path. It stayed abroad until the end of the war and became a resistance and protest song that was used in public forums. This began with the publication of the lyrics in the Arbeiter Illustrierte, a workers' magazine in Prague. It was printed in 1935 and from there it got help from Bush and Iceland, London. And from there it went to Spain. And in Spain the French, the British and the Russians heard it. In the meantime it was broadcast on Radio Moscow. The members of the international brigades brought this song back to their home countries. And that's how the song spread around the world and came back to its surprised father after 13 years. Famous international recordings of this song was performed by the American folk singer Pete Seeger, whose rendition of Pete Box Soldiers was highly regarded in the former Eastern Bloc countries. I was only 14 years old when I, 15 years old, when I met Hans Eisler. He came to New York. And I was just one of many Americans who learnt this next song and have remembered it and sung it through the years. I'm afraid I don't know the original German words. I do sing the chorus, always in German. Wir sind immer Soldaten und ziehen mit dem Spaten ins Soldaten song was known but not really sung because of its roots in the communist movement. 
In East Germany, the Pete Box Soldiers was an official anti-fascist song. Children were required to learn the song in elementary school, as Waltraud Schirner, a journalist who grew up in East Germany, remembers. Also ich habe das Lied von den Moorsoldaten kennengelernt. I heard the Moor Soldaten for the first time when I was seven or eight years old in elementary school. We in the German Democratic Republic were educated with an anti-fascist perspective and it was quite normal that we learned these kinds of songs. When I first heard it, I sang it more in a mechanical way. But nevertheless, I always got goosebumps from the image evoked by the words Far and wide, as the eye can wander, heath and bog are everywhere. Not a bird sings out to cheer us. Oaks are standing, gaunt and bare. Everything was grey, dreary and hopeless. Then at the end, there is a passage that looks to the future and offers some optimism. So at first we sang it and never really thought about it. Later on, we sang it quite often. For me, it became a symbol of the concentration camp, even though it wasn't meant to be that simple. The hopelessness and the bog, the prisoners were always on the verge of diving off, ending it all, losing their lives, not only through their labor, but also in the bog surrounding them. I still see it like this today. This was a well-suited song for those dark times in which concentration camps existed where nobody cared about human rights, where humans were killed. This is for future generations to remember. That's how I listened to, sung and felt it. Den nachfolgenden Generationen irgendwie aufleben zu lassen. So habe ich es immer gehört, gesungen, empfunden. Astrid Kuhlmer is editor-in-chief of the cultural department of Deutschland Radio Berlin, National Public Radio Germany. She worked in the German Democratic Republic for the East German Broadcasting Station. She recalls that this song was part of life in the GDR, but for her, the Peatbox Soldiers also has a few personal connections. Das Lied von den Moorsoldaten, das hat man ganz früh, glaube ich, in der DDR gelernt, gerne mitgesungen, muss ich sagen. Ich habe aber viele Kampflieder damals gerne mitgesungen. We learned the song The Peat Bog Soldiers in the early years of the GDR and we like to sing along to it. I like to sing to many of those fighting songs. Quite often there was a lot of energy in them and they dealt with very interesting stories. For example, the Spanish War songs. Die Morsoldaten brought something very personal. You imagined individual 
individuals who tried to hold on to their lives in a brutal environment. When I was 10 years old, through my mother, I met a man who was a morsel dot himself. I adored this man who was a bookseller. He had a big bookstore in Berlin, mostly with politically left and anti-fascist literature. He was a very bright man. That was the first time in my life I met somebody who had a room just full of books, a library. It was fascinating for a child like me. I hadn't seen that before. And after that, I put this man together with this song. Later, I found out that a very important and successful artist, the director of the Deutsches Theater, the German theater, Wolfgang Langhoff, was also a more soldat. We all adored him. He was a very settled man with a great deal of knowledge and a great persona. And of course, every time this song was played, I had to think of these two men. To be, to live, and to think anti-fascist really represented who we were. And I think that's what we did, and it was very much combined with this song. Later on, when I was much older, there was a recording of this song by Hannes Wader, in which he sings the last part so courageously, reminiscent of a liberation. Today, I still like this song very, very much. Das war mal wie ein Befreiungsschlag. Es war wunderschön und ich habe das Lied auch heute noch sehr, sehr gerne. Wohin auch das Auge blicket, Moor und Heide nur ringsum. Vogelsang uns nicht erquicket, Eichen stehen kahl und krumm. Wir sind die Moorsoldaten und ziehen mit dem Schwaden ins Moor. Wir sind die Moorsoldaten und ziehen mit dem Schwaden ins Moor. Hier in dieser öden Heide ist das Lager aufgebaut, wo wir fern von jeder Freude hinter Stacheldraht verstaut. Wir sind die Moorsoldaten und ziehen mit dem Schwaden ins Moor. Wir sind die Moorsoldaten und ziehen mit dem Schwaden ins Moor. Morgens ziehen die Kolonnen durch das Moor zur Arbeit hin, graben bei dem Brand der Sonne, doch zur Heimat steht der Sinn. Wir sind die Moorsoldaten und ziehen mit dem Spaten ins Moor. Wir sind die Moorsoldaten Auf und nieder gehen die Posten, keiner, keiner kann hindurch. Flucht wird nur das Leben. 
Leben kosten, vierfach ist umzäunt die Burg. Wir sind die Moorsoldaten und ziehen mit den Spaten ins Moor. Wir sind die Moorsoldaten und ziehen mit den Spaten ins Moor. Doch für uns gibt es kein Klagen, ewig kann nicht Winter sein. Einmal werden froh wir sagen, Heimat, du bist wieder mein. Dann ziehen die Moorsoldaten nicht mehr mit dem Schaden ins Moor. Dann Since 1945, the Peatbox Soldiers has been sung at memorial services around the world. It has been included in hundreds of folk, peace and protest songbooks. No other song written in the concentration camps has achieved a level of notoriety quite like the Moorsoldaten lead written in the early weeks of the Third Reich. Without any doubt, music researchers consider the Peatbox Soldiers to be one of the most important German songs written in the 20th century. today's Radio Goethe magazine. You can find out more about the Peatbox Soldiers at diz-emslandlager.de. To get in touch with us and subscribe to our free podcast, please visit radiogoethe.org. Thanks for listening. I'm Arndt Peltner.